It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And instead, it looks like they're going to fight all the way down there because they're keeping all of these players. And at least I'm doubtful that those players are going to stick around for next year. And it makes you concerned for the franchise as a whole because the trade deadline, it's its still too early. Like there's a reason not a lot of deals happen. The deals that did happen, two from Washington, by the way, who you're going to see on Sunday, only fetched a second round pick for Montez Sweat. Chase Young, former second overall pick in the draft, got a third. So Uche's price probably had to go down because of that. But they committed. They had a direction. They said, we're not good enough. Our roster is not talented enough. Our quarterback of the future is not here right now. So we're going to make a decision, a concerted effort, to go get that quarterback, to go get more picks, and replenish the talent on the roster. The Patriots did not, okay? There were opportunities to sell to contenders, and they declined. And that's a bummer because I think, again, everything about the season should be finding out or fertilizing your future with more trade assets, with playing younger players like Demario Douglas, Kayshawn Booty is going to finally see the field, uh, Tyquan Thornton, you would think, the Kendrick Bourne now out for the season. And they didn't do it. And that's, that's tough. Patsy Deference is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. All right, recording here Tuesday night, a belated happy Halloween by the time you get to listen to this as we are a day later than normal with our post-game wrap-up episodes because I got to be honest, I thought it would be a little depressing to do a full 30, 40, maybe 45. We went long last week. I, I stopped recording and my throat hurt here on Pat's Interference, um, brought to you by FanDuel, exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network, to do an episode about a 31-17 loss that I just have to figure has converted any remaining optimists about the Patriots to this is a bad team. It's a lost season and this stinks as fun as Buffalo was. And it was very fun. Um, and then involved Kendrick Bourne, your best offensive player, maybe right now, a broad second best to Trent Brown, but certainly your most exciting, your leading receiver by a mile in every category, tearing his ACL. And I can confirm it was a clean tear for Kendrick Bourne. Uh, some more reporting today is that it's a six to eight month recovery because he has nothing else torn in the knee and no cartilage damage. And so he legitimately should be uh, at least ready to run and participate some level for training camp, whether that's here in New England or elsewhere at the start of next summer. Now, I also wanted to wait to cover something that became perhaps a little depressing for you today. And that was the trade deadline. So we're going to pack all of the depression, all of the sadness of the last couple of days. And there has been a lot since I was on here with Ted Johnson uh, on Friday that has happened since that last episode. Because today at the trade deadline, the Patriots made as many deals as I did. They made as many deals as you did. They stood pat in a way that, look, if you've been reading me now for a couple of weeks at any time or listening to this podcast, you know I have been advocating sell, sell, 
sell. And Bourne's injury in that loss, which again, dropped them to two and six, only drove that point home further. But the Patriots stood pat. And, and leading up to the trade deadline, I talked to a couple of front office executives, one GM, about the value of players that I thought that they could legitimately trade off. My colleague at the Herald, Doug Kai, did the same. And we concluded through all of those talks, you can you should be able to land multiple mid-round picks if you're the Patriots. Now, it is, of course, a real question if you want to part with a player like Kyle Duggar, who finally got on the scoreboard with his first turnover on Sunday. Folks in front offices told us you could get a second or third round pick for him. Josh Uche, third or fourth rounder. Mike Unwenu is going to be a little bit later. Same with Kendrick Bourne, six, uh, maybe fifth and change. And Jalen Mills, another player on a contract here, maybe seventh round pick at best. And I looked at that and said, okay, two things. One of which is these players are very likely to walk in free agency. And you, it's a case-by-case basis. But in Kyle Duggar and Josh Uche's case, not only have you failed to reach extensions when the team has engaged with them the last few months, but they're represented by an agency that is a long and difficult uh, history with the Patriots when it comes to free agent negotiations. And so if they're experiencing their worst season in New England, and the Patriots famously do not pony up top dollar for very many players, um, they're probably on the way out. And when they go out, they will not pass a compensatory pick walking back in because the Patriots is a bad football team with a lot of cap space, third most in the NFL this upcoming spring, according to Over the Cap, are going to spend money. And the compensatory pick formula that used to award the Patriots for losing free agents and marching on by handing them an extra third or a fourth or fifth, it weighs both the players walking out your door and those coming in. So, for example, well, they lost some key players, uh, you know, in 2021. All of the comp picks were canceled out because they're signing Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith and Matt Judon and on and on and on. So when the Patriots perhaps bid adieu to Josh Uche and Kyle Duggar, they're not going to get anything so long as they spend in March. And they should. They're two and six. They have a bottom 10 talented roster in the entire league. I mean, ask yourselves, how many other front offices are looking at the Patriots and going, I'll have what they're having and willingly swapping rosters with them? It's not many, okay? We get this, we know this. The point is, I would rather have Kyle Duggar walk out the door now or Josh Uche or Kendrick Bourne before he got hurt and pass a draft pick coming in on their way out in the middle of a lost season rather than lose him for nothing. Because those draft picks are not only an opportunity to add more cost-controlled young players you could perhaps develop, it's ammo for trades. And if this is a team that is still coached by Bill Belichick in 2024, I have to believe he's going to have a new quarterback because of how limited the Patriots feel right now, obviously due to the offensive line and a receiving core that just can't get open against man coverage unless it's Pop Douglas, but also max play. And Bill is not going to stay married to that. So you need to trade for someone, whether that means trading up into the top 10 of the draft, which is the only reliable place on planet Earth. Look this up to find a franchise quarterback. Patrick Holmes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, on and on and on. Or trade for a veteran. And those draft picks, those assets you would get in these deals are better than players with expiring contracts at the end of the season. The Patriots obviously disagreed. Or the offers they got were not good enough. Maybe the folks we talked to, Doug and I in front offices, were a little too optimistic about the Patriots. But either way, this team, knowing that the direction of the season is headed right into the gutter, okay, right into the sewer, should have said, Let's get something on our way down that makes us a little bit easier to clean ourselves off when we come up in the spring and then hopefully in 2024. And instead, it looks like they're going to fight all the way down there 
because they're keeping all of these players. And at least I'm doubtful that those players are going to stick around for next year. And it makes you concerned for the franchise as a whole because the trade deadline, it's it's still too early. Like there's a reason not a lot of deals happen. The deals that did happen, two from Washington, by the way, who you're going to see on Sunday, only fetched a second round pick for Montez Sweat. Chase Young, former second overall pick in the draft, got a third. So Uche's price probably had to go down because of that. But they committed. They had a direction. They said, we're not good enough. Our roster is not talented enough. Our quarterback of the future is not here right now. So we're going to make a decision, a concerted effort to go get that quarterback, to go get more picks and replenish the talent on the roster. The Patriots did not. Okay. There were opportunities to sell to contenders and they declined. And that's a bummer because I think, again, everything about the season should be finding out or fertilizing your future with more trade assets, with playing younger players like Demario Douglas, Kayshawn Booty is going to finally see the field. Uh, Tyquan Thornton, you would think, with Kendrick Bourne now out for the season. And they didn't do it. And that's that's tough. Again, they have had the most difficult schedule in the league. They've had brutal injury luck. But you cannot tell me this is anything better than maybe a 3-5 and five team. And I think their actions at the trade deadline would suggest that the Patriots feel better about themselves. Maybe we would be 4-4 four and four if we didn't lose Matt Judon or Christian Gonzalez or Kendrick Bourne late. But the truth is, we've all seen these games. Okay. Average teams don't lose 38 to three and then 34 to nothing in consecutive weeks. And the Patriots, it seems, have deluded themselves into thinking they're not that far off as they've done the last two off seasons. When in reality, as we've covered many times, they are now 27 and 32 since Tom Brady left. You need more help at other positions. And you could have gotten that help had you made deals. You didn't do it. We're moving on. Okay. So we've all seen the Patriots struggle to score this season. That has been no secret. But I have something new for you. And that is the fact that you at home or walking the dog or at the gym or grocery shopping, you yourself can score this season with FanDuel America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. That's $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Again, $150. If you pick a team and that team wins. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, you've heard me talk about them a lot. There is no better time than right now to get in on the action because the app is super easy to use. And if you don't like picking straight up winners, you could go with point spreads or player props over unders and tons and tons more. Just visit FanDuel.com Boston and open up the NFL season on your terms with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Massachusetts must be 21 year older and present in the state in order to bet. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit is required. Bonus is issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling help line ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Okay. Uh, as promised, a breakdown from the Miami game. We'll get to your mailbag questions. We'll get out of here. The good. There was good. <laughs> this Miami game. You've got a touchdown uh, in the first quarter. You had a turnover from Kyle Duggar, first of the season. And he leads off our good. He had an interception, a sack in a hurry. Also took over the green dot as far as defensive communications and play calls. When Jawan Bentley went out with a hamstring injury, nothing new on him. Um, and he got a little help when Bentley went out from Jelani Tobai. Also among our good two hurries, a pass breakup. This dude is playing off ball linebacker. He's on the edge. Okay. He's incredibly solid. And someone mistook me for some other media member on Twitter because 
they suggested that I, I think the Patriots overrate players like Devai. Uh, here's the thing. You can play all the clips. You can read all the stories. I have never once freaked out about Jelani Tavai and even been higher on Tavai than consensus saying he's fine. He's a suitable player. He's a little bit like a glue guy. And that's what he's been. When Bentley goes out or you lose edge players like the Patriots did last uh, two weeks ago against Buffalo, he's a guy you want on your roster. His extension last year, totally fine. 2% of the cap, not a problem. And he was good against Miami in a way that has been unexpected. But for a guy that had a really tough start to his career, in Detroit is a second round pick and then comes to New England and gets this guilt by association with Matt Patricia, who drafted him with the Lions, but has come on to his own, found a voice again, playing multiple positions in this defense, a little bit of special teams. You got to feel good for a guy like that. Um, also good more motion. We talked about this last week. Motion is not, you know, I don't know what the old saying is, but it's something to the effect of, I think it's a John Woodenism actually. You don't want to mistake activity for productivity. And we in the media absolutely are are totally guilty of this and specific to things like shifts and motions and whatnot. Something new, they're trying harder. It doesn't necessarily lead to better results. But through two weeks now, we can definitively say that more pre-snap motion and specifically motion at the snap, which the Patriots have used more in the last two weeks and at any other point in the season, is not only just more activity, but it's more productivity. Because the Patriots overall average 4.3 yards per play against Miami. Okay, they had a 38% success rate, meaning basically a one out of every three plays, you're staying on schedule, whether it's first down, second down, third down, fourth down, whatever. When Bill O'Brien called for a man to go in motion, which he did on about a third of their offensive snaps, and then snapped the ball while that player was still moving. Again, extra stress in the defense, forcing them to pick and choose and have a good eye discipline and all this different stuff. The Patriots averaged 4.7 yards per play. Okay, not, not a huge dump, 0.4 yards, but... Their success rate went from 38% to 53%, which more often than not is going to be among the league leaders in any game in any week of the NFL season. And so this is what we're talking about, where the Patriots can't organically create mismatches. But when you put someone in motion, like Demario Douglas, who's great with the ball in his hands, and Miami even double teamed in the first quarter on Kendrick Bourne touchdown, and I detailed this on Twitter in my film review, find it at thebostonherald.com. That motion created opportunities in mismatches in a way that if you just line up and play, again, with the bottom 10 receiving core in the league, you're asking them to do more than they're capable. But if you stress the defense by moving them around or creating some rubs or pick routes or different things that are only possible through motion at the snap, again, look at Miami. That's a team that motions two-thirds of the time at the snap, and you see everything they do. And yeah, it's Tyreek Hill and it's Jalen Waddle, but it's the coaching creativity, the idea of, if, what would the defensive staff hate the most? Okay, let's do that. Often it involves forcing players to make instantaneous decisions where one wrong step at the snap puts you in a bind. And the Patriots are doing more of that, and I think it's a good thing, and they should be applauded, even if they only scored 17 points uh, in average, as we said, 4.3 yards per play. Okay, the bat. Look, the reason the Patriots lost is no secret. Okay, this is this, the same reasons. Okay, you're, you're not as talented. Uh, you can't play from behind, and your offensive line is really, really struggling. Now, Trent Brown gave up four quarterback hits, and he did so with a hurt ankle and knee on the same leg. So he's fighting through it right now. He's not part of the bat. But the offensive line as a whole cannot have this anymore. The Patriots averaged on run plays 0.7 yards before contact. 
0.7. That's less than a foot, okay, of space for Mondre Stevenson or Zeke Elliott to go through. Can't have it. Next up, Mac Jones. Uh, brother, we got we to gotta throw deep. Okay, this is two straight games where the Patriots have not attempted a single pass longer than 20 yards downfield. And when that happens, as we've discussed before, and I asked Bill O'Brien today, we had a conference call with him. And he said, absolutely. Defenses start to play downhill. Okay, when you're living within 20 yards of the line of scrimmage, they can squeeze routes because they're not afraid of someone going over the top behind them. And it's part protection. It's part Mac not seeing those routes develop. And sometimes you can look at the first third down in the Miami game. It's just spacing. And these are the growing pains where I've insisted. You just got to live with them with Pop Douglas when he's your best player on offense <clears throat> or most dangerous receiver. But you, this is at a point where you just have to throw it deep for the sake of throwing it deep. It could even be a throwaway to keep defenses honest. But Mac had more time against Miami than he did against Buffalo. Uh, he had one bad turnover before the half, which was at least a six-point, if not 10-point swing. And so when you consider that with the inability to throw deep or just complete lack of willingness to throw deep, it's an issue. Um, Jack Jones. So this is, I, I'm going to say 90% certain what happened in the last play. Because for all the stuff I just mentioned, Patriots are only down a touchdown with about half of the fourth quarter to go and gave the ball to Miami and said, we're going to be in dime personnel because we want you to try to run the ball on a day where you've had trouble running the ball. And we've had a lot more trouble stopping you when you want to pass. And to a degree it worked, but Miami ran the ball for four times uh, for just under six yards per carry. Then it comes down to the third and one. And of course, the Patriots think it's, it's going to be a run. It's just three feet, get it. And you pretty much knock them out and the game's over. Well, as we know, Tua throws the ball. And he finds Jalen Waddle, and they score a touchdown, and they won. And it was the same concept that the Dolphins used on their first drive to convert fourth and one, where he threw it up the seam to Jalen Waddle and kind of a back shoulder. And what happened on that play was Miles Bryant had been assigned to Tyree Kill, who came all the way across the motion, just as he did in this last play for Miami. And at the snap, Miles Bryant saw Tyree Kill go outside of Jalen Waddle, who at that point was the outside receiver on the opposite side. Now Hill comes over, it's two in the same side, and then he cuts up field and he's wheeling and he's going as fast as humanly possible. Okay. But instead of following Tyree Kill all the way outside, Miles Bryant stopped at Waddle and covered him. And so Tua completes the ball. It's a tight window throw. He hits him in the back shoulder and they convert. But at the same time as Miles Bryant switched from shadowing Tyree Kill all the way across the motion and then stopped at Waddle and switched on to him. The cornerback over Waddle at that point, J.C. Jackson, bumped over to Hill. And what this did is it allowed the Patriots to keep their leverage when Hill gets into motion like that. You're dealing with two very, very fast players. Well, on this last play of the game, third and one, touchdown pass, ends the game for the Patriots. You had Jack Jones go in motion like Miles Bryant did. He was covering Tyreek Hill on one side. There are two receivers. Waddle's on the opposite side. And so he follows Hill. Ball is snapped. Hill keeps going. Veers upfield. And on the opposite side was Jonathan Jones, who had been aligned across from Jalen Waddle, also saw Hill's motion. And like J.C. Jackson on that opening drive with Miles Bryant, he bumped over to take Hill and took him up the sideline. And he had space and leverage and everything he would want as a corner. Uh, but Jack Jones did too. And so that left Waddle, now in the slot, all alone, cutting up field, catches the pass, and goes for a touchdown. I don't know the Patriots were in the same coverage, but I have to think the way that they defended that motion in that formation and personnel grouping for Miami the first time, which worked and it was just better offense over good defense, that Jack Jones was one that screwed up. And that was a mistake that cost the Patriots uh, a really crucial game.
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we need to talk. Uh, I already mentioned him, J.C. Jackson. Five catches allowed, two touchdowns, defensive pass interference. I asked him after the game just kind of what happened on that first one where Tyreek goes 42 yards. This was after the Patriots scored their touchdown. Uh, Miami answers right away, bombed down the sideline. They're in quarters coverage, which is cover four. So both corners on the outside, you take a deep fourth. Both safeties over the middle, you take a deep fourth. This is a big umbrella shell defense, a lot of variations. Quarters sometimes can even have nine guys in the box if the safeties are aggressive against the run. Anyway, J.C. Jackson's taking steps forward in a way that you can't when you're defending vertical routes to that side. And those couple steps forward at the snap when Miami has a player in motion and a play-action fake cost him. And that allowed Tyreek Hill to get behind him and then Marte Mapu, who was benched for like the next six series after this, to get behind. And so there's a the good, the bad, and then there's we need to talk and we need to talk with JC because you just can't take steps forward. And he admitted this. This is not bashing him for anything he doesn't know about. But you want to know why Miami scored that touchdown that quickly? It's on your guy, JC. Okay, what would NFL film say? Fictitious hour-long documentary about the Patriots season that no one is going to watch. Uh, so it's a good thing this is made up. I'd say this is a, a quick one, a, a quick one in the 17-game installment of this documentary in the 2023 Patriots. I think you start with Buffalo. You ask you know, can they carry the momentum into Miami or will they melt under the under the South Florida temperatures? You know, well, to start, they put the heat on the Dolphins, right? You get Kyle Duggar's interception, great play. Mac touchdown to Kendrick Bourne, celebrating, dancing, things are good. Okay, but two days out from Halloween, uh, folks, no one in the NFL puts a scare into defenses quite like Tyree Kill. And boom, there he is. Same touchdown we just talked about, 7-7. And while the Patriots do keep it close, this is where NFL Films hits fast forward in the second half. Um, Boring gets hurt, and the Patriots walk away with a 31 to 17 loss. Of course, Waddle there being the difference down the middle at the end. So, on to the mailbag questions, and uh, we will have a preview episode. It's going to go up later on Friday, uh, just for the folks in your your scheduling. Um, it'll be Mike Bonansky. It'll be a balance of Washington and some big picture stuff. Because I have a column that I think I, it's a it's a question. Again, no one's rooting for certain things or changes in the offseason. Whatever happens, happens. I'm here for the football and the interesting. But I think it'll be a talker once it gets written and out there. And I'm curious what Mike thinks. As someone who's done radio for years and years and years and is still doing some work, uh, what he thinks about that. We will, of course, break down the game. But there's bigger picture stuff coming at the end of the week. Anyway, for right now, the stuff coming is from you. John is asking, quote, is this current season rock bottom? Or is it just going to keep getting worse? Um, who are the core players we have moving forward in 2024? Are they even currently on the roster? Is there any reason to feel hopeful about the future? Sigh, you literally wrote sigh. First of all, John, yes, let's feel hopeful about the future. 
I don't know what those reasons are, uh, speaking big picture, and no, I'm kidding. Um, but yes, of course, uh, start with a gratitude list, my friend. They will do wonders uh, for you. But specific to the Patriots, I think it can keep getting worse. And I said this after the Dallas loss, going, is this rock bottom? Mm, I don't think so. And the Saints game, while they lost by one fewer point, uh, was indeed worse in week five. And again, it's this is where you can talk yourself into the injuries really being an issue because you're just going to face teams whether it's the Chiefs coming up, um, you know, even the Chargers are coming to pay you a visit. And I understand the deal with the Chargers. They're not well coached, yada, yada. But like this could get bad in a hurry because as soon as they get up 10 nothing, it's over. Like you can't play catch up. That's just how it is. And it's it's not some great sin. Even, you know, Kyle Shanahan, you look at his numbers as a 49ers head coach and you trail by seven or 10 in the fourth quarter. It's like all she wrote. Granted, uh, he's much better at getting his team out of the head. But the point is, yes, I think it could get worse. As far as the core players, you know, some of them I already mentioned. Um, Duggar, I think, could be a core piece on defense. You're looking at, you know, Pop Douglas to a degree, ideally a number three, maybe a high-end number two, if he really, really develops uh, the way the Patriots think he could. Otherwise, Matt Judon, Christian Gajalas, for sure, is a 10-pole player. And then you get into a different tier of like Juwan Bentley and Ramondre Stevenson. And Stevenson better than Bentley, but it's a position with a really short shelf life. So if you really just want to isolate pure tentpole players, like he could be here for five years. He could make a Pro Bowl or two or more or an all-pro team. It's Judon, it's Christian Gonzalez, and that might be it. And you've got good players, plenty in the good tier. Hunter Henry, Trent Brown. Trent Brown's having a hell of a year. But you'll you look down the line. Patriots are really lean on young talent. And it's because they don't resign their own and they're, they've had a lot of bad drafts. And that 2022 draft, I remember saying at the time, didn't love Cole Strange, Taekwon Thornton. I am glad, unlike some other media members, uh, that I did not take an apology tour last year. And it's a bummer. You would love to have some of those players be tentpole players and move forward and not have as many roster holes, but that's uh, that's what we're looking at. All right. Uh, going on with the mailbag. Dylan, is there a world where Bill Belichick keeps being the head coach, but the GM title is taken away and given to someone from the outside? I think I answered this on a, a prior episode. I'll just say this. Uh, no, I, I, I doubt it. I mean, if you're Bill Belichick and you've become accustomed to life as having the final say on everything in the organization, okay, you handpick the front office, the players, the assistants, everything. Why are you so willing to give that up? Because you would think, hey, I'm the greatest coach of all time. I have the second more wins. I have more wins than everybody else in NFL history, but one coach. I should be able to do things the way I want them. That's how we got here. That's why the Patriots are where they are today. So when you go and ask him and approach him about, you know, let's take some stuff off your plate. I, I don't think that's going to work. I mean, how many people at 71, 72 want to change a big part of their lives? Anyway, it's not happening. Like this is going to be like taking the keys from grandpa when he can't or shouldn't drive anymore. I'm not saying that's how Bill is as a GM, but I think trying to get the keys to the front office out of his hands will be just like that uh, with grandpa behind the wheel. Okay. Jeff is asking, who do you think is the best player to take over Bourne's spot at the Z receiver position? Why is it Kayshawn Booty? Andrew, don't hurt me. You know how I feel about this. Uh, it's not Kayshawn Booty. But I, I honestly, I, I think at this point, you know, and Booty played more of the, the X in week one, uh, which was the, you know, isolated receiver to the, the weak side. All the best receivers typically play the X where you just have to win one-on-one. -on -one. That's your job. Uh, Park, Devontae Parker's played a lot of that for the Patriots. Parker might be a better Z at this point for them. I, I don't know. But the, the talent is not such that you could start going, oh, well, he's not really a slot. We got to have a Z or the X. Like, you just need your three best to play. 
and figure it out from there. And Pop Douglas is not big enough to probably play the X, and now I'm violating my own rules about this. But he needs to be on the field. I think you have Tyquan Thornton probably play the X and then move Parker over to the Z because the only routes he's winning on right now are backside slants where he's got room and space and he you know boxes out a player. We saw him one against Miami week before against Buffalo in that last drive. It was the same concept. Just you're alone, boom, slant, done. That's it. He's not winning on any other routes. It's not happening. So that's what I would do. Kayshawn Booty can play, you know, some Z or X or whatever, but I just the dude's been a healthy scratch. Like for one of the worst receiving cores in the league. I I know we all want to hope. Uh, but sometimes indeed it is the hope that kills you. Uh Ben, the Pats have had three straight night games in December over under one and a half games gets flexed out. Well, I don't know if this affects the NFL's plans for the Patriots, but Jets Raiders is coming up in two weeks and uh, the deadline to flex that game out just passed. So we are going to get Zach Wilson versus this is like weekend to Jimmy Garoppolo's watching him play quarterback because that dude is throwing ducks everywhere. Uh, like we saw Monday night. So I'm going to take the over. Um, I still think there's a case where like a Monday night game against Kansas city, super exciting, you know, Denver and Patriots, obviously going to be, but what else are you doing? Christmas Eve night. I mean, you might be in bed. I think most people are going to be at home drinking with their family, friends, watching football. And so you're going to watch pretty much whatever's games on. And I think that those markets are big enough to have a big enough number TV wise. So I'm going to take the over Uh, Jordan. What would you rather have in 2024? Mac Jones and Marvin Harrison Jr. Or Drake May and a healthy Kendrick Bourne? Well, how about this? I like this question. So I'm going to tell you it's Drake May and a healthy Kendrick Bourne. And I understand we don't know anything about how Drake May, North Carolina quarterback, he's number two uh, prospect in next year's class as it stands right now for the folks who don't follow college football, that we don't know anything about. And we know that, Marvin Harrison Jr. is probably going to be better than Kendrick Bourne when he gets in the league next year, even if Bourne was healthy and at the best, at the peak of his powers. But what I also know is that Mac Jones to me is just not good enough. It's I understand that no quarterback in the league right now envies his situation. Three different offensive line coaches, three different quarterbacks coaches, three different offensive coordinators, different systems, everything, not a lot of weapons or protection. But there's a ceiling on a guy like that with that arm talent and that lack of mobility. And just a sweet tooth for bad decisions. So that position is more important than any on the roster uh, by, I don't know how much, just powers of 10 at some points. And so, well, you might have the better receiver and then on commodity, I have to bet on the more talented quarterback whose contract is also going to give me a deal for the next four years where Mac, that tops out at, you know next season and that's it. Like, am I able to get enough around Mac and fix the offensive line and get better receivers all in one offseason? And even if I did, then you got to pay him the next year. No, give me the rookie and a veteran receiver who you know can play inside now, little Z or X uh, for Jeff. And um, I just, I, I think you got to go with the better quarterback. It's going to make that much of a difference, even if it is that much of a risk. Okay. Well, we will be waiting for more moves from the Patriots because they are not going to be able to trade for anyone through the end of the season. Sunday's game in Washington. This is the. Uh, I'm just here so I don't get fined bowl because Washington punted on its season. The Patriots did not. And we'll see what they have with new number one wide receiver, Pop Douglas, and hopefully a whole lot more of motion. So we will see you on Friday. Mike McNasky is coming back to the show. Big picture topics. I don't know how you're going to like them, but I hope you will listen. Until then, be well, guys.